0: Hi, and welcome to Pastor Christian Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message, and it will both challenge and inspire you.
1: I know a lot of people are upset that they're taking prayer out of the Houses of Parliament. It really doesn't bother me. I don't think it's anything to... Most of the people in there don't believe it anyway. Most of the people ignore it when it's going on. I don't think it'll make any difference whatsoever. I know it's representative and I'm sure there's some smart people can explain why it's really important to me. I am genuinely excited about what we're seeing around the place, how God's Spirit's moving in all over the place and and people, normal people, Christians like us, are getting it and getting stirred up and rising up and... Uh, and maturing, which more and more seems to be what we're about. But here's the thing when we don't wait till we've got it all together before we actually start doing something. The truth is that although we're on this journey, and we're, it might not be a, a speedy journey, it might be just a step by step journey, but the point is. Things are changing. The way we're seeing things, the way we're looking, the way we're thinking, the way we're responding is changing. And it is is becoming more godly and it is becoming more conscious of the intentions of the Father and and, and our role and place in that. And I I love that. But the thing is, I don't think we as individuals can ever get to a place where we say, oh, now I'm mature. I don't think it'll ever happen because we'll realise there's still more to be done. But there's other people on the outside that are looking in and thinking, you know what, they, they seem to be getting smarter the older they get, which is the way it's supposed to be, not the other way. Unfortunately, I do know some people that the older they get, the dumber they get. But anyway, um, it's all right. I'm in this private little room with close friends. But I do feel the need for prayer right now. And, and while we are focused on our homes, our marriages, our families, our neighbourhoods, our communities, the networks that we have, I, I just didn't worship there, just felt a real burden to pray for Australia, this land we love, a land we call home. Someone should wax lyrical about, you know, sweeping plains and far horizons right now and we'll all get emotional and nationalistic and rise up. But the, I think we need to pray. And, and we need to... It's not as if we have to try and make God do something because God is working all the time. But But I think we need to pray for those people that... He's targeting that the work of the enemy to deceive, to distract, um, will not be fruitful. Because that's been a major problem in the church, never mind out the church. People have been deceived, been distracted. <sighs> And the things of the world and the ways of the world. Just shine a bit of bling here and there, Oh, and we go this way and that way. But God's changing all that, and I, I, I want to pray, I want us to pray for this great southland of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I want to pray that this land that is highly favored, blessed, and, and you don't have to travel very far around our planet to know how true that is. And not just a little bit true, and not just a little bit, we are highly favoured. Jane and I, um, the truth is, we're longing to go and help our brothers and sisters in India and Indonesia again. In fact, I dare say, if I'm really honest, we need that, we need that. We need to get into that again, just to make sure the bubbles don't form and Anyway, apart from that, we are we are a blessed nation for reason and purpose and not to make anyone feel guilty, but for reason and purpose. Jane, can you share about the text? Is that all right to share that text you got this afternoon? Would you like to tell the folks here? Yeah, yeah, please, if that, if you don't mind, if that's all right. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but it's not my gig, really, but this is very exciting. I, I, yeah, you do for the... Yeah.
0: So I received the text, and remember this morning I said they raised $14,000. Well, get this. They raised 23,000 dollars last night in the dinner where we was. You were there How awesome was it? And they had an um, auction and it was going and going and, and the auctioneer was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah And uh, 23,000 dollars. How many is that? What did we say last night? American dollars, not Australian dollars. It worked out about what?
1: We need 30 How many?
0: 45,000. I thought they said we
1: need 30,000 Australians. That's American.
0: 30,000 American. Yes, so so we're almost halfway there and we've got, what, August, September, October. Two more months, three months, say. And um, tonight the calendars are on sale there. Uh, We've already paid for those calendars and sent our money to Arise and we'll send some more. um, they're going for $20. They are 2023 calendars. I forgot to mention that this morning. They're not 2022. You're not going to get six months' wear out of them. (laughs) They're next year's calendars. And they're great as um, uh, Christmas presents, birthday presents. But the thing is this. On every page is a faceless person from all over the world, all different countries. And there is a scripture... Uh, that we can pray over every day for these people. And there is also a uh, testimony of people from those, women from those countries uh, that have been to Arise. And so it's a very precious thing. And it's, you know, they're $20, you know, two cups of coffee and a slice of cake. (laughs) Easy peasy, isn't it? But to bless someone with it, to get the word out there about Arise and what they do. A lot of times it's ush-ush, but they, they are formed and they are known, uh, the Rise Ministries. But where they hold arise Rise and different things is is all quiet. Oh, well, it's not now because I've just told you a lot at home. But pray for arise Rise Ministries. They do an incredible job. If you'd like a calendar and you're watching online, you can give us a ring. Uh, you know our number. If you go on our web or on Facebook, uh, I've got 100. <laughs> Well, I actually haven't now, because I sold quite a lot this morning, and so Annette did the math, and I think we probably are down to 60. How good is that? Just like that. So, so Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jane.:
0: So on Wednesday night is actually a missionary from the Ukraine coming here, uh, Wayne Chek and his wife Oliver. Oli- Olya. Olya. And she will be sharing. He will be sharing. But just the heart of them. Oh, it's got to move you. It's got to do something in you to pray for them, to support them, to support this. Uh, this uh, taking 20 plus women out of Ukraine to go to Turkey, just to be refreshed uh, and just regroup their thoughts and their their love for their country, uh, so they can go back and do it again. These are women that have stayed on the ground while the walls. They could have gone left the Ukraine, but they chose to stay. And some of their children have gone. They've been evacuated. Their husbands have been in the war or been taken. And so Wayne will share more of that on Wednesday night, but be praying for Wednesday night. And uh, let's see how we can bless them. Amen. If you're coming straight from work, there will be pumpkin soup and garlic bread uh, for a small charge. And all of that will go to the mission too. Seven o'clock. We will serve pumpkin soup as soon as people get here and they want pumpkin soup. We will have that ready to go. And you can actually even eat that while you're listening to Wayne. I'm sure you won't spill it in this room because we're all adults. Even the kids won't. They're going to do it in a cup.
1: Well, well, if you do, you'll be making a donation to the carpet cleaner. (laughs) Um, The reason I'm saying that was... I wasn't expecting... What I saw last night. Where was we again? Camera. It wasn't a flash place. And I think did they say there was 140 people in the hall? And they weren't like all business people, super rich people. By far, they were just ordinary Australian Christians. If there is such a thing, and as an ordinary Australian. But you could see a lot of fun, a lot of fun and participation. But the deal was, you saw their heart. And and so how much was raised again? $23,000 last night in that room of your typical Aussie battlers, but with a heart for the things that move God's heart. It was God's moving, and it's not... You know, as Pentecostal um and experienced several moves of God through our ministry and and in our lives, we we're sort of looking for, you know, the old falling down in the shaking, the laughing. We're we're looking for signs, wonders, and miracles, I suppose. But here's the thing about all of that: his spirit is moving just as powerfully, but it's different, it's it's deeper. It's transform- transformational it's, it's people's hearts started to beat in rhythm with the heartbeat of God and, and that's what really that's what really excites me when I because I see God moving I see God moving it, it's and it's not like it's been before and that's not to exclude anything else that God might do when he wants to do it but We're seeing some stuff happen like it's never happened before and it's more profound. So can we just spend a few moments right now that this Jesus that we're supposed to represent and show to the rest of the world will be the Jesus we know who loves and cares, who's compassionate and gracious, that we might start to reflect that even more clearly is that alright can we do that so it'll he'll shine more brightly and clearly than anything the world can try and duplicate or distract or deceive with come on let's you pray let's all pray father we thank you we're in a blessed land and we're in a blessed season and uh, in spite of what the press tells us, um, Lord, your spirit is moving across the land and people are responding, they're opening up. You're working and the Bible tells us quite clearly, you're always working, you never stop working. And so we, we want to pray right now for our nation, that you'll bless our nation. We, we pray for our, la- our nation's leadership, that you'll give our nation's leadership great wisdom. And even if they don't believe or have any intention to serve you, I pray that by your spirit, you'll make them wise and they will make decisions that are best, that are good for our nation and the peoples of our nation. I'm praying, Lord, that the deception, the distraction of the world and the spirit of this age will be shattered that your church will arise and will reflect the beauty and the wonder and the awe the magnificence of the Jesus we're getting to know better and all the religious, traditional, religious views will literally be pushed aside as Jesus as Jesus is revealed to our nation. As we heard so wonderfully, people aren't re- rejecting Jesus, they're rejecting the image that we have presented of Jesus that isn't accurate. But I pray in this season, the grace, the mercy, the kindness, the love of God will start to shine so clear. And we, your church, will arise and shine and reflect that love. So Lord, we pray for our nation. We pray for our nation that it will turn again, once again to you. And while it might be completely different to anything that we've seen in the past, we pray that it will be eternal and, and people, lives will be saved genuinely saved forever oh Lord many prophecies about our promised land, our blessed land a place where we've been prophesied, we've been told you will start some stuff that will impact the world and in many ways we've already seen that in our missions and in our worship but Lord we pray that it will increase and continue in greater measure and and that this land will be seen as as the Creator designed it to be seen. A blessed land, highly favored, because of God's plans and purposes and intentions. So I pray, the Holy Spirit, that you would once again. Turn the hearts of the peoples of this land back to the Father. We're told, Lord, that we have eternity in our hearts. And I pray that, Lord, all of a sudden in the search for eternity will take a significant swift change and people will focus in on the one who is eternal. And, of course, we pray you'll start in us and in our communities, oh God. In Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let's quickly turn to the word of God tonight. Um, good job I've got an hour and 20 minutes left. Oh, nobody bit. Not even giggled. That joke must be getting too old. <clears throat> and you think I'm joking. Anyway. I want to read tonight, and I want to flow from certain aspects of this morning, but I want to read from John 3, and I'm going to read from verse 5 to 13, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. And Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you, must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you can, cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most surely I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. And you do not receive receive our witness. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe it, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who comes down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And so, you know the passage. John 3.16 is part of this uh, whole conversation. You've got to be born again. God so loved the world, all that. But, but there's something in the midst of all this that I want to highlight tonight. And, and, and for, for me right now and for this text right now for this moment, the key verse is John Three verse 8 the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes so is everyone who is born of the spirit and so while our text does um, revolve around what it means to be born again uh, verse 8 specifically refers not only to that but to how that revelation or understanding comes with it Nicodemus a, a teacher, the teacher of Israel, a well-educated man, and, and I've got to say, a sincere inquiry, genuinely wanted to know, Nicodemus, um, a noted religious leader of the nation, hears what Jesus teaches and, and says, I've got to spend some time with him. So he, he comes and, and and he comes at night time to spend time with Jesus and sometimes people have interpreted that as because he's afraid what people will see and think. I personally think that he came because he wanted quality time. Not when Jesus was surrounded with the crowds and everybody's wanting a piece. Of, I think he's saying, I need to get alone with him and I need to spend some quality. Now that might be true, it might not be, but that's the way I'm looking at this. And so I believe he's very sincere in his inquiry. He's a man who understands the Word. He's, he's the one who's responsible for teaching the Word, right? But he goes and he's, and he's just confounded and literally says, how can these things be? He, he just couldn't grasp it. He, he, he generally wants to understand these things because I think he he's, he's really has a confidence and a belief growing in Jesus and, and he's seen parts of the Scripture line up and point to Jesus but he can't comprehend what Jesus is actually telling him. So he wants to. He really wants to, but, but he just can't. So uh, Jesus is saying not only is being born again, or a regeneration, if you like, a work of the Holy Spirit, but I believe what he's saying to him right now, um, the revelation, the understanding that you seek, um, you're not going to get it your traditional way of learning, your research, your studying. He said, not, not just the work, and I'm being careful here to include, not just the work of being born again, how, how it's a pure spiritual thing, but the way to understand it, because that's what he's there for. I believe Jesus is saying, you're not going to get this your usual way, because um, this is a spiritual thing. This is something that can't be grasped. So it's not only being born again and, and, or, or the regeneration, if you like, um, being, of all the sins to forgiven and a security of a place in heaven. But he's saying even to start to begin to understand, you need the connection of the Holy Spirit. You need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because you, you can't figure this out. And, and the way the Holy Spirit will bring it is something that's beyond you anyway. But he'll come. And and you just need to start to relax a little bit. Anyway, so this morning we talked about the necessity of being humble. Because it's a high possibility that a lot of the things we think we know could be born of the flesh. Again, I'm I'm coming from Jesus' teachings. That's of the flesh, is flesh. But that which is of the Spirit. So a lot of the things that people think they know and hang on to, and um, will prepare to fight, to defend. Those things, we need to check, are they really of the spirit, or of the, of the flesh? <clears throat> Some of those things that we hold precious and sacred, and even rigorously defend, could actually be Simply someone's opinion, someone's result of someone's speculation, or at their very best, their interpretation of what they think the scripture means. What what's born of the flesh is flesh. So if if we've if we've embraced all our teaching on somebody's under own understanding. On, on their own interpretation on their own research, then unfortunately we're seeing here that jesus what 's born of the flesh is flesh the spirit that that's completely different and it 's hard to comprehend but the spirit will bring revelation to you but it's spirit right? which is born of spirit is spirit and and as we shared this morning many of our testimonies um, come from a place where initially There was no comprehension. There was no real understanding, but we just knew that we knew that we knew something. It's that spiritual stuff. And so um, I think we need to be extremely careful now. And part of the example I used was uh, Shane Willard, who, can I say, is not the only one who teaches like he does. He's probably the only one who presents it the way he does. But that kind of teaching has been around a long time. In fact, um, I was talking to a minister for another domination and he was asking me details, so I was explaining some of the things he said. And he said, that sounds like, and he named a name I've never heard of, but it was almost identical. And even last night, I, uh, I met up with Jane's friend. It used to be Jane's mentor, um, Joy Greats. And I sat down with Joy and I said, Joy, have you ever met, do you know, Shane Willard? And she said, I've never actually met him, but I've sat in his meetings. And I was just, because Jane's a smart woman, right? She's an intelligent woman. But she's also a woman of the spirit. And so I said, what do you think? And she said, he sounds a lot like my father. Now, I don't know if you know her father. Her father was Lloyd Averill. And while many won't recognize the name, he was an absolute legend in our movement. New Zealander, we won't have that against him. Any New Zealanders here, we love you. But anyway, so um, he was a mighty man of faith, but a man of understanding of the word. I'll, tell you, I'll just give you a couple of examples. So he comes to Australia and, and starts in Queensland, and he's a builder by trade. He actually had one eye because he hit a nail one day, it bounced back and went straight into his eye. So he, he only had one eye, he had a glass eye. And when I first met him, it was really awkward because you didn't know which one to look because this one sort of didn't move much, and if it did, it moved the wrong way. And so you're just like, okay, but you know... And I do remember he had really big hands, strong hands. And that's because he was a hard worker. So he was a builder. But what what he used to do was he had a burden for... Who remembers the stories of the Kanakas? The islanders who were literally slave later, brought for queen. He used to work with them. And and cut cane by hand and, and do all that kind of stuff. And the reason he did that was so that he could move among the peoples and share the gospel. And in these North Queensland towns where these are worked, he worked with them and he would get his pay and he would use his pay to hire a hall. And he would usually sleep under the hall. And, and the deal is he would, he would get Friday night outside the pub and preach, literally saltbox preaching, and, and then invite people to a meeting. On He started so many churches that way. But, you know, he was more than... He was a very intelligent man. I had the privilege of, of getting to know him for a, for a little while before he passed. He was a wonderful man. Um, but Joy says to me, Dennis, you need to read my father's books because he's, he's saying the same things that you're hearing now and getting excited about 40 years. So they took all these sermons and put them in press because they thought it was too good to leave. And I I'm, I'm, think I've got, Jane's got some of his books, so I'm going to have a look at that. Um, so I just want you to know that While I highly esteem and value Shane Willis, it's not new. It's it's around. It's just that people haven't listened or received as well as they ought. We've sort of been comfortable with very, um, what's the word, very dynamic preachers. And because they say it so wonderfully and powerfully, we just accept it. And especially if we're just new Christians, because generally speaking, we, we embrace that which we come into. When we get dramatically saved, the teaching of the day, we, we, well, this must be it. And we embrace it without question. And that's a problem. But just to remind us, I'm going to read John 16 again, uh, 12 to 15, where Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. And I believe, as I said this morning intently, that Jesus still says the same thing to us today. There's so much I need to say to you, but you can't handle it. You can't bear it yet. But listen to what he he goes on to say. Um, However, verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he, he is, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. He will glorify me, and he will take what is mine, and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. I I am utterly convinced, and I understand, and I believe that that's part of the process going on in my life, and that's what's happening right now. Jesus saying there's so much more you need to see, there's so much more you need to hear, but you can't handle it until the Holy Spirit comes and presents this revelation to you spiritually where it's imparted not through your head but into your heart and then works its way the other way around. Because if you try and do this, you won't grasp it, it won't make sense and, and you'll just reject it. I believe Jesus is still saying to I have so much to say to you. But on your own, you can't receive it. You need the Holy Spirit. And so that was part of the message this morning. And so the question we need answering is, are the truths that we hold precious and sacred, are are the truths that we will rigorously defend, are they of the flesh, the best intentions, interpretations, study, or of the Spirit, direct from the Spirit. I personally believe we have a mixture of both blended in, uh, but I think right now that God is starting to, His Spirit is starting to... Again, one of those things that we talked about in the past, we were known for being Pentecostal, and, and the main thing was speaking in tongues, or signs and wonders, and all that kind of things, prophecy... But how important is this aspect of the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Where he is the spirit of truth who brings revelation and helps us to see. I don't know if it gets more important than that, apart from the fact where he's also the spirit who connects with our spirit and enables us to say from our hearts, God is my father and believe it. Not just the title, but intimately, he's dead. And so another aspect of the importance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So I want to I wanna now start to strengthen, because we ain't got time, much time left, but I want to strengthen the foundation of the argument that I'm making tonight. Um, and, I'm, and this time I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, right? Because I love the way the, they've interpreted this. I love the words that they've chosen. It highlights what's there... It's there, all right, but they, it highlights the emphasis of what's there. So here we go, Matthew eleven twenty-five to 27, from the Passion Translation. And, and you'll be f- well familiar with this passage, because just after that, he says, all you are weary, and come to me, and I'll give you rest. Anyway, here we go. Then Jesus exclaimed, Father, thank you, for you are the Lord, the supreme ruler over heaven and earth. And you have hidden the great revelation of your authority from those who are proud and wise in their own eyes. You've hidden it. They think they know, but they haven't got a clue because Father's hidden it. He's denied them access to it. You have hidden the great revelation of your authority from those who are proud and wise in their own eyes. Instead, you have shared it with these who humble themselves. Yes, Father, your plan del- delights your heart as you've chosen this way to extend your kingdom by giving it to those who have becoming like trusting children. You have entrusted me with all that you are and all that you have. No one fully, intimately knows the Son except the Father, and no one fully, intimately knows the Father, except the Son, but the Son is able to unveil the Father, to anyone He chooses. Is what we embrace and value, flesh, or is it spirit? Because that revelation, can only come by spirit. And I don't want to get all freaky and weird on this because it's just an inner work that may even go unnoticed, but you start to see the fruit of that later because it transforms lives. And, and what really happens is that revelation helps you look at things different, help you think about things different, helps you speak about things different. And then all of a sudden, It changes the way you live, it changes the way you act, it changes the way you respond, you choose a better, and and therefore the fruit becomes obvious. So it's not like the old-fashioned shake their head, knock them over, get them rolling around the aisles, cast out demons. I still believe in that, and I'm I'm open to that to happen. I really am. I don't want to sound like I'm criticising, but what I'm seeing now is the Holy Spirit doing something far more deeper, not external, but deeper. In that intimate, private place. And, and because of that response to that, that's where this level of maturity is coming from. So the spirit of truth takes the word of God and makes it living and brings out the truth of that to us that we can embrace it. I, I want to remind you of the way Paul was. Because Paul could win the argument. He could debate. He could pull up all the resources, all the records, quote all the scriptures. It's the way he was trained, a Pharisee of Pharisees, and and most theologians, historians believe that he was actually being raised up to become the high priest of Israel, right? Until he had an encounter with God and everything changed. Uh, But I want you to listen to his words, because while this sounds like, yeah, well, he sort of feels a bit insecure... Let me assure you, he could win the debate. He could so upset everybody that they wanted to kill him and often tried. And I believe that probably some succeeded, but God said no, time's not up yet and revived him. Because a couple of times he said he was left for dead. And I think he was left for dead because he was dead. But anyway, that's my own personal conviction. So let, let me read 1 Corinthians 2, 3 and 5. <coughs> I was with you in weakness in fear in much trembling and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom but in demonstration of spirit and power that your faith should be in the should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God and again that power it includes the dunamis, miraculous working power, but it's also that power where the Holy Spirit comes and convinces you of a truth. Where where that phrase comes from, we just know that we know. That's a power of the Holy Spirit that works through preaching and teaching. When they're sharing, when they're getting into the Word, that power is there. Well, no, no it, it could be there. It should be there. If we're being Spirit-led, but... because. Spirit-led kind has of connotations to it, that phrase too. It makes it, you feel like a, some kind of astronaut. You know, I'm led by the Spirit. I've heard that used so many times wrongly. Um, but I'm talking about just the Holy Spirit just coming and just revealing truth and bringing revelation and then convincing you, again, all in your heart and you just know that you know and then eventually it filters through to your head and you start to see it clearly all over the place. So it's the word and the spirit working together, and and I feel like this is something that I've been pushing for the last three or four weeks again with a renewed emphasis, and I think that um, the thing is this, and I said it this morning, and I'm going to repeat it: we need to be open, but we need to be humble. Humble, the word that the Passion Translation uses well. But what we saw this morning, we need to be humble in the realisation that we might not know as much as we think we know. Some of the things that we know might be birthed from flesh and not from the Spirit. And yet we rigorously hold on and defend that and argue the point. Instead of walking humbly just in place and allowing the Holy Spirit. See, when we put up that defense and go to war, the Holy Spirit shut out. We need to be open to receive from that. We need to be open. And that means, okay, embracing the possibility that I might be wrong. Embracing the possibility that I've took on somebody else's interpretation of what they think the Scripture means. Instead of, you know, when the Holy Spirit's working through the preaching and teaching the Word, it, it doesn't matter how persuasive the words are, it's the result of the work of the Spirit. At the end, that really counts. And, and we've got to become discerning of that. So um, here's, here's the challenge that I'm going to close with right now. I was thinking... Why should people believe anything we got to say? And sometimes things are said in such a way that it turns people off from anybody who says something similar. So I thought, I thought about that and I thought, well, how, how did I come to a place where I started to believe? And, and, and I think it's this, I think that there's those moments when the Word of God and the Holy Spirit come together and you get that conviction or you get that revelation, but there's that little bit extra. There's that, just that little bit extra. And so there's, and, and I'm going to use the word experience. So I've got, sometimes we just go all on experience. And that's very, very dangerous. And sometimes we just go on all on the word and it gets very legalistic. But when you've got the word and the experience of the Holy Spirit and recognising the difference between just emotions but the actual revelation and conviction, when you've got them working together, all of a sudden, bang. For me, and looking back, I sort of haven't thought about this a long time, but looking back, I thought, that's what's the difference in our lives. We had, we, we had good Bible teaching, but we had the work of the Holy Spirit combined and just all the time. So there's got to be that Bible, but there's got to be that revelation. There's got to be that Holy Spirit aspect. There's got to be that... I'm using the word experience. So it's more than just information. This is like, wow, okay. And, and I know um, dangerously that that can be... Um, misused by the persuasive words of men. That's why right now, everybody who's got anything to do with emails on the internet is suspicious of everything. Because the closer it is to the truth, the more susceptible we are. The the closer it is, and they're using the right words, the right pictures, the right terms, the right... The closer it is to the truth, the more dangerous it is. And so we've got to be careful about the persuasive words of men because it can be quite impressive and they can win an argument, win a debate. But the truth is, is it flesh? Is it born of the flesh? Or is it born of the spirit? Um, And it's true. I don't think I've ever lived in a time when people are more suspicious of everything. We never ever use our landline now, because all we get on the landline is ridiculous calls. Yeah. And that, but it's now it's starting on the mobile phone. So I answered the mobile phone two days ago. I'm going hello, and all of a sudden there's this automated voice, but speaking Chinese to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Jesus loves you. It's a, it's obviously a computer, but you just don't. Are you the same as me? You don't trust anything or anybody anymore. That's dangerous, but it also can be healthy. If we're walking humbly and sensitive to the Lord. So so, um, here's the thing. As we're unfolding more and more of the work of the Holy Spirit, as we're understanding the significance of this work, Are we becoming more desirous of it? Are we desiring it more? Are we revering it? Do we have new levels of reverence for the Holy Spirit? We sort of did in the old days when stuff was happening. We sort of acknowledged him. But I don't know if we had that real reverence to recognising the third person of the Trinity, for want of a better word. The person of the Holy Spirit, the personality of the Holy Spirit, the, the identity. of I, I don't know if we have, but here's the thing. I think one of the things that we should be aware of and perhaps pursuing is to become more and more desirous of the Holy Spirit because we're, we're more aware of what he does and how much we need him now. Does that make sense? Are you getting this? I wonder in our lives, in your lives, are you becoming more obvious or aware of him and his work, his activity? Are we becoming more discerning and sensitive to it? Because we need to, because once we recognise and know that this is him, we need to be able to completely submit to that, trust with that, walk in that, and have that confidence. And I think the more we do that... um, the more we mature in the things of God, um, but it brings us to a place where we start to revere him. That's an old-fashioned word, isn't it? We start to have reverence, respect, honour. We, we start to lift him up from the ordinary and recognise he's, he's not already, this is special, this is special. I, I'm trying to be a dictionary right now for the word reverence or revere. It's it's where we honour and respect and lift that little bit. I, I think that we need to revere him even more. And at the same time, I think we need to even be more desirous, desire him more and more. What do you think? I wonder if that's part of our current testimony, that over these last years, over this... Last month, there's something where I'm starting to recognise and understand and therefore the Holy Spirit's becoming more um, permanent in the way I'm thinking, in my understanding of God. And because of that, there's a new reverence, a new respect, a new worship, if you like, of the Holy Spirit. Just saying, just wondering about these things. But at the very least, I I hope that we are becoming more aware of our need for him and, and more willing to be open to him, to engage with him. Can we just bow our heads right now? Father, I thank you that in each of our lives, we can recognize and know that this is true. That there is so much more we need to hear about Jesus. So much more we need to hear from Jesus. So much more he has to say to us. But as he said, um, we're not ready. We're unable until the spirit of truth brings revelation that's what we need that's what we're asking for right now that through this we might be more intentional in the way we think in the way we look for and expect more intentional and deliberate on seeking and waiting for him with that, that we might become more sensitive in recognising and acknowledging and in submitting to him. That we can hear what Jesus has to say to us. And it won't be something that's born of the flesh, but it'll be everything that's born of the spirit. Help us break through our preconceived ideas. even now even now in this moment i uh, please come holy spirit brothers and sisters in agreement in this moment which you promised to fulfill you promised that you would fill this moment with your presence and so aware of that we dare ask for more we Thank you, and we celebrate all the wonderful things you've already done for us. But right now, there's so much more we need to hear from Jesus. There's so much more we'd like to have done in our lives. There's so much more we'd like to do for you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come right now. Come, Holy Spirit all of us unique, completely different. But similar in this one thing, we need the Holy Spirit. So I speak it out. I I pray over right now, each and every one of us, the blessings of God, the increase in the Holy Spirit's activity, the increase in our awareness of Him, to be able to discern the difference between Him and good intentions, or even the distracting, deceiving things in this world, that we might discern and become sensitive, that at least we can embrace and grab a hold of the things that are yours and stand in them and walk in them. Father, by your Spirit, Lord Jesus, you said you went and you sent him for this very thing, that when the Spirit of Truth would come, He would lead us into all truth. Come Holy Spirit, I pray right now. Come Holy Spirit. Even as we leave this place and during the course of the week, open up our word, do our devotions, meditate on the word of God, breathe on that, bring it alive and, and make that revelation so clear in each of our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. Even tonight, even in this moment, even though for some this moment might not be the same moment as ours, but in this moment where people have heard and are open and are thinking, oh God, even in this moment, come in, Holy Spirit. Let there be an increase. Deal with the reluctance. Deal with the doubt. Let there come a new confidence that leads to a boldness in you. Even though we walk humbly Yet there will be this assurance, this strength in our humility. If there is anything that's hindering or contradicting in the things we've embraced, help us to know the truth that will set us free. Oh Lord, by your spirit I pray. In your name I pray for each and everyone here tonight, each and everyone in this moment right now. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Now I pray for your blessing, your protection, your provision over us, our loved ones. Let your favour be there and let us be in your favour the right place at the right time, seeing clearly, having the right words to speak. And we, and may we all grow in the knowledge of our God. And this I ask in Jesus' name and everybody said. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you were blessed with today's message. You can connect with us at Church.com.